The stories we tell communicate who we are and what we value. Each episode, we consider a different story from our perspective as women. From murder ballads to fairy tales, we discuss the power these stories have over us all. This is our history, both real and imagined, told through the eyes of today. This is Femlore. Hey, Rach. Mindy. <laughs> How are you? I'm good. I, uh, I'm really excited to be here today. I, uh, I was happy enough or lucky enough to see Andy right before we walked into recording. Oh, Andy. And he, <laughs> he showed me his little stuffed animal that he likes to show me when I come in to record. Oh my gosh. I'll have to post a video on our Instagram sometime so that people know, but I have a little Chihuahua Rat Terrier mix and he has one toy one toy only. We've tried to get other ones similar. We even tried to get a replacement new one. He will not do anything except for with this one toy. But yeah, when he gets really excited that people come over, he goes and gets it and he tosses it around. He like does a little song and dance basically. <laughs> and it's like, look at me, look at me. Oh, oh my Andy. gosh. He's so cute. And when he does like his little, his little grunting, cause he's just <laughs> so excited. He, he's, he's less on the singing side, more yeah. on the talking side. But yes. That's really cute. He's adorable. <laughs> So, yeah, yeah, and he's laying right here with us. He always comes in to record mm -hmm. because he loves when Rachel comes to visit. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Well, yeah, I'm super excited um, for this story, and um, it's going to be a fun one. It's called Liban, and cool. we chose this story um, in honor of St. Patrick's Day, which is today. We decided to tell a story from Ireland, and this one really caught my attention. Um, I think there's a lot of great points of discussion, and I'm excited to get into it. But Yay. Before we do, I wanted to tell you about a nonprofit. Um, so this week we are pairing our story with the nonprofit Oceana, um, which was actually founded in 1999 at a time when no organization was working exclusively to protect and restore the oceans on a global scale. To fill the gap, Oceana, an international organization focused solely on oceans, dedicated to achieving measurable change by conducting specific science-based policy campaigns with fixed deadlines and articulated goals. Since their founding, Oceana has won more than 225 victories and protected nearly 4 million square miles of ocean. Um, found out more how you can help Oceana um, to save the oceans victory by victory and join in in supporting them by making a donation if you are able. Um, we will be doing one on behalf of Femlor and really appreciate all of the hard work they're doing because as we know, unfortunately, there's still so much more that needs to be done. But Water is life. And um, with that, are you ready, Rach? Yeah, I guess I, I'm curious. I'm guessing this is an, an ocean story. <laughs> Either that or it's like dry land, desert. Is that, you just did that to throw me off? Is that? It's actually about volcanoes. Oh, oh makes total sense. <laughs> Got it. All right. Just kidding. All right, here we go. Liban, based on the P.W. Joyce translation. Eka's goal was to lead his people to the plain of the Grey Corpse, but the journey was long, so he thought that they should rest. They took rest in Bruga, but on hearing that the outsiders were on their land, the Bruga people killed their horses as they slept. The people were distraught when they awoke and found all of their horses dead. A tall man announced his presence to the camp and said, If you do not leave here, you will be next to die. Eka, angry that they had lost all of their horses, said, How are we to leave with no horses? The tall man, seeing his mistake, gave them the biggest, mightiest steed that could hold all of their belongings. 
As he handed the reins over to Eka, he said, Do not let this horse stop walking, for if he stops, it will surely be your death. And so, with the steed carrying all possessions, they made their way to the plain of the gray corpse to settle. Only when they arrived, many people were distracted unloading their belongings, and they let the horse stop. And where it stopped, a great spring sprung up. Eka, remembering what the man had said to him, had a house built around the spring next to his palace and charged a woman to keep the door locked at all times except when people from the palace came to get water. Many years passed and Eka had two daughters he loved very much, Arui and Liban. One day, the woman at the spring forgot to lock the door and so the magic could work its evil on the landscape. It was not long until the entire kingdom was underwater, forming a great lake called Loch Necka, the Great Lake of the Corpse. All perished but one. Liban had survived. She was swept away like the others, but unlike them, she was pushed into the underwater cave with her lapdog. There they lived for a full year, alive, thanks to God. Liban began to miss her freedom as she saw salmon swim past her cave and wished to God that she might have the same freedom as those salmon. And so God gave her the tail of a fish and her lapdog became an otter. For 300 years, her and her otter lapdog swam around the open ocean. Biak, son of Merid, would go often to Rome to discuss various topics. As he was coming home from one such trip, he heard a beautiful song coming beneath the waves. Hark, who sings, said Biak. A figure emerged from the water with the top half of a woman and the bottom half of a fish. It is I, Liban, and I have a favor to ask of you, said the mermaid. Ask me anything, he said. You must come back here a year from now with ships and nets and take me from these waters. Biak, thinking quickly, said, I will only do that if you consent to my monastery getting your body. That's fine, said Liban, and with that she was off to explore the great open sea. A year later, Biak returned with his nets and caught the maiden. They filled the boat with seawater so that she could swim about. People came from all over to view her. One such onlooker was a man who wore a purple cloak. Liban stared at the man with the cloak, so much so that the man finally asked if she would like to have his cloak. She shook her head and said, no, sir, it is just that my father was wearing something very similar when he was drowned. Bless you, sir, for your kindness. Another man came to see her, a great warrior, and he slew her otter. Liban was inconsolable and cursed this man. The man was immediately sorrowful for his actions, but it was too late. Her companion was already dead. People continued to come to see the strange creature, but there was a dispute to whom she belonged. She was caught in Fergus's net, but Comgill owned the territory where they caught her, and Biak had made the original agreement. An angel appeared to the men and said that there would be two oxen that would appear tomorrow. They would be coming from where her sister Arui was buried. The oxen must be attached to the chariot and put Liban inside the chariot, and wherever the ox pulls her is whom she belongs to. The next day, two oxen appeared, and the men did as they were told. The ox pulled Liban to Tech de Biak, Biak's homeland. It was finally settled. She belonged to Biak. Once decided, the three men gave her a choice. She could be baptized, then die immediately and go to heaven. Or after being baptized, she could live another 300 years and then go to heaven. Liban chose to die immediately, and so she went to heaven. 
She is counted among the holy virgins and held in honor and reverence as God ordained for her in heaven and wonders and miracles are performed through her means at Tekda Biak. Wow. All right. So this has a lot of problems in it, huh? Right. Salmon and virgins and drowning and otters. Ownership? Question mark? Belonging. Okay. Yes. <laughs> okay. Wow. Um, huh. This I really like this story. Um, I don't really like the whole belonging thing, but it's kind of cool that she has like a, I keep thinking of like you and, and Andy. <laughs> yes. <laughs> it's like you and him just like hanging out in the open ocean. You know, it's so wild because honestly, I'm like, why would you give that That's up? I was wondering I don't, too. People always ask that question of like, you know, if you could be one animal, what would it be and why? And my answer is always like a whale or a dolphin. I also really love sea otters, but you know, with global warming and all the stuff that we do to our oceans, it really would be quite hard too. But I just think about all that you could explore, all the freedom to be able to swim about. Like, it just sounds so magical and amazing to me. And why would she give that up to be studied? But I think it's because we're supposed to really, you know, uphold and be inspired by her commitment to God. Yeah. Well, I think too, that must be kind of lonely, you know? That's what I was going to say. I'm wondering, because like even in the story when she sees somebody that has something that's like her father's, you know, that's probably something she's never gotten over, nor should she. And And even that she felt like, you know, originally, you know, she was lonely and saw the salmon. mm -hmm. That's why then she even became a mermaid, because she said, like, I want the freedom to move about. So she probably was extremely lonely. Yeah. Well, quick question. Why would you ask... God to like get you out of the cave. <laughs> Just like a quick, like maybe, maybe be clear, like clarifying when you're wishing for things. Cause potentially. that's too easy. And oh. then there wouldn't be a story. Oh, okay. But the lap dog would still exist, which would be pretty rad. And that whole part, really, yeah. like, why? It, okay, so this guy comes and just because he's a warrior, he's like, I'm going to kill an otter? I feel like it's a really strange part of the original story. Um, and, you know, it kind of comes out of nowhere. A lot of the original translation is very... Uh, like written for time almost. It's like, mm. this happened and we're moving on. Now we're here, right? Like it's not very like, uh, it doesn't really give you the time to think about why, but I yes. think that actually, so I we were kind of deciding whether or not we'd include it. Spoiler alert, I did know what you were going to tell today. Um, but <laughs> I think the one thing about it that was so interesting was that like, I think it goes back to her her loneliness. Now yeah. they've taken something else from her. And so, like, of course she chooses to... I think it bolsters her decision to die immediately instead of waiting yeah. alone. So I think that's maybe what that plot device was for, but I'm not sure. Mm-hmm. It's kind of a weird... It's an interesting, like... I did find that like a couple times in the story that I thought was kind of interesting. Even, you know, when they talk about Biak and like his travels, it's kind of like, oh, you know, Biak would go to Rome and now he's back and he heard this thing. Like, I think, you know, oftentimes I sometimes get caught up in those little details because it's like, well, why do we need to know that? Why is this happening? But to your point, these stories were usually shared um, audibly by people that would travel and, you know, you've got folklore and how it would spread. It's not like these were always written in a book where someone was enjoying them. And that's obviously what I'm used to in this time (laughs) that I live and and kind of my expectations. But I think that you're right. Everything is supposed to kind of center around um, her loneliness. And in this, God 
is the solution. Mm-hmm. Well, and it's weird because in the original telling, they have like they call the three the three uh, men they call them saints. So I suspect they might be saints in the Catholic Church mm-hmm. uh, in Ireland. Like that's very possible. But um, you know, th- these are very uh, you know very venerated people, um, and so it's very interesting that they kind of have a little tussle over her. Yeah, and it's. It's kind of a weird tussle because it's in most stories we read, it's usually like, well, it's about like, who is she going to marry? Mm-hmm. Where, who is she going to belong to for the rest of her life? The The question is, where is her body going to be? So like, they're already planning to kill her. So I think like, if you think, if you look between the lines, it's pretty violent. And yeah, like, you know, they, they gave her a choice, but I wonder if they actually gave her a choice. So I don't know. And I think that's probably a big part of the story too, is the importance of, they're trying to say how important baptism is, right? Because it all comes down to like, we can either be baptized and die tomorrow, or you can be baptized and die in 300 more years. Yeah. And either way, that's how you go to heaven. Right. That's how you go to heaven. Um, The other thing that I thought was interesting is that she is counted among the holy virgins. Mm -hmm. And so this aspect of her being virginal and, um, you know, we don't even really know, we don't know her name. We don't know anything. Not like that matters in you being a virgin. Um, I mean, her... You mean her name? Her? Oh, God. Um, <laughs> we don't know like her age. Ah. So I just, you know, because it's curious. I guess I was kind of imagining that she was maybe, I don't know. I, I, I don't really know where I was going with it. But it's like the whole virginal aspect. It just seemed kind of random that it was like thrown in. But obviously it's a very, it's a thing that's really celebrated in um, this time and religion, the religion yeah. aspect. Well, never mind that virginity is totally made up. That's fine. Right. Um, but I do think, you know, there's something weird about the kind of bridges that she's able to like go between. So she's she's um, she's made from earth, right? She's a human being and she becomes this thing that it can now go into the ocean where most men, like most everybody cannot go, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so she's seen some things. She's kind of experienced some things that no other human could possibly understand. Yeah. And... And the kind of the, the, what we're supposed to do with that is kill her and send her to heaven. So I wonder too, if this is sort of like a, sort of like a witch sort of thing. Mm. Like she kind of, I guess a counterpoint to that is that she gave herself up willingly. But I do think there's something there about her experiencing something that wasn't necessarily okay. potentially. Right. No, I get what you're saying. And I think the fact that it's, you know, humans don't know what to do with that. So it's like, sure, I will come and save you as long as our monastery can have you on display and study you Mm -hmm. so that, you know, anything different needs to be othered. And like, people will just come and look at you. They'll come and they'll kill your only friend. They'll come like, you know, I mean, that's just, it's really messed up and sad. And I think you're right. Like, that's a huge part of this story. Well, Um, I think too, that device of her, like, you know, getting like going to the person, right. To like, say, take, like, take me, catch me or whatever. Um, also serves to kind of show indoctrination of the Catholic church, I think mm-hmm. a little bit in those times, right. Cause she's a magical being and she is willing to be saved. And so you can see that as a metaphor, like a larger metaphor of taking these like Druid like religions and 
popping them under Catholicism. You know, not necessarily like saying that they're not allowed to exist because she's kind of fairy-like in, mm-hmm. in a way. Yeah. Um, but definitely making them part of the church canon, right? Which is very interesting. Um, and it's it's actually an ingenious device to keep a, to make a religion so widespread. Um, right. It makes it a lot easier to do if you're just going to take in the stories that have already been told. So I imagine that there's a lot like a lot of background of the story is probably not the original potentially, you know, mm-hmm. like it, it could span generations prior to that and have a different result. Right. Um, but this one's definitely, definitely is centered around being saved. Right. And, you know, I mean, obviously there's things that we could see that would kind of tie into the story that is also really well known of the little mermaid. Yes. And even just thinking about how in both of them, essentially it's like, well, I want to give this up because I want nothing more than mm-hmm. to be human. And, you know, Mm -hmm. really putting that at the top, at the, you know, the pinnacle of existence, that the best way of living is the human way. Yeah. Yeah, that's so true. And I feel like the the funny thing with Liban is that we don't know why she did it. Nobody, nobody seems concerned with like why she would want it. Nobody, like we have to read between the lines. There's no like reasoning there. So we're just What, because the reasoning in Little Mermaid of love, that's... I mean, at least there's a... Like, I don't know why you'd get like... I guess I could understand that a little bit more. I guess maybe this is supposed to be loneliness, right? Is I don't that... know. I, in the like, there's no way to know. There's Are there, there's no other mermaids in the rest of the ocean. I don't know. I feel bad for her. She has her otter, which like that sounds awesome. Right. I don't know. That sounds like a good time. Yeah, that I don't. That is just what's interesting to me. Are we supposed to think she's the only mermaid? Because obviously, if we believe in mermaids, <sighs> then we probably would think that there's more than one. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I mean, I'm I'm definitely just kind of thinking that it's based on loneliness, but yeah. I don't know. I mean, we don't know. And I think that's also kind of telling, right? They, We're just like, supposed to take it. Right. Like, why didn't Biak ask, like, why would you want to be caught? Like, what's good? Like, wouldn't you want to have like a... All he I, asked was, sure, as long as you will be mine. Right, exactly. <laughs> and it's like, don't you want to have like an Oprah style interview? Like, tell me your life story, <laughs> please. Let's start with this this specific incident. And like, yeah. instead he's like, oh, I see something I can own. Boom, it's mine, right? It's not... We don't know her feelings. We don't know what... We only know that she's sad when her, when her friend dies, right? Right. But like... We don't know anything about her. We know, like, I think, but she plays the role of like, you know, subservient mm-hmm, woman mm-hmm. still in being a cool, badass, powerful mermaid. Um, but yeah, I think that's just, uh, I don't know, parts of the story. I'm like, yeah, why? I think I just like wanted more details, especially mm-hmm. even around, you know, why did the horse, once it, it created a spring? Yeah. That's What's just... the tie in there, you know, and that the horse, so then the spring from the horse eventually like drowned everyone Mm -hmm. would so that would have happened my assumption is like wherever they stopped that was the purpose that's what was going to happen exactly if they had and why did they trust this tall man wouldn't you have thought that he was from the group that had killed them all oh i mean i think he was but like he wanted them off their land so i think that it was more like well it's like bad choice and have this spring somewhere else so we don't drown with you potentially Potentially he was playing the long game or they just were like, I mean, who knows what else could happen depending on where the horse stopped. Right. Um, Yeah. Would it have done something different? I don't know. Yeah. It's a weird, I love these old stories because they don't give us anything. You know, they just (laughs) tell us it's like, so basically the high level things that they told us is that like women should be owned. uh Women should be faithful. uh Women should be virginal. Uh 
and women should did i already say that they should be owned uh-huh. <laughs> we'll, we'll hit that one again because well, and everybody should own a lap dog well duh just <laughs> not a bad <laughs> that one's not a bad lesson but really i love what you just said because you're so right i mean i i looking at this now have so many questions but yeah. really what we are supposed to learn and take from this is to be faithful uh-huh. virginal respect and want to be owned by men yeah did I miss anything? No, I think that's it. I Listeners, mean, pretty- let us know. <laughs> Hit us up on Instagram at Femlore Podcast if we missed anything. Um, but love your thoughts. I mean, you know, I just, it is so interesting. I, those are the top things. As yeah. opposed like that even women given the chance of this vast adventurous freedom mm-hmm. want to be tamed is almost like this other aspect right. of it. Right. And she's like, you know, she's the one that, like nobody catches her she says i want to be caught so right. there's something interesting about that and i think it's like kind that of a, she needs a man ex- yeah well and i don't know that they get married there's like no like marriage or anything like that no. it's like she wants to it's like she wants to be taken away from her freedom right and that's what you know like you say that's what we're supposed to do i mean this story is very much like learning math right you just learn like they just tell you one mm-hmm. plus one equals two and that's yep. that's what this is there's and, no nuance in this. Okay. Story and so as much. speaking, yeah, there, there's not nuances. We really don't know. But one other one that I would like to raise, and I don't think that it will figure it out because, like everything else, we don't know. But I just thought it was so interesting about, like, so you're going to bring a, another male figure into the story wearing a purple cloak that is a strong remembrance to her father. I thought there was going to be some twist or mysticism or like something about the man in the purple cloak, but that was just so she had a memory. Yeah, I think it's supposed to help us understand her a little bit better, and that maybe, she still was longing for and like mm-hmm. missing her father and her fa- and her sister potentially. I mean, I think that it's supposed to point potentially to her loneliness and okay. her isolation. I don't know, but that that at least makes a little bit more sense. But yeah. it's like I, when I was reading it for the first time, I thought something was going to happen. Yeah, there. like nope. maybe he was still alive. Maybe, uh-uh. you know. Nope, just Nothing. a guy in a purple cloak, as one does, walking okay. down the street, you know? Yeah. Just well. purple cloaking it up, <laughs> as one does. But yeah, exactly. I mean, I think that was interesting. And then again, I think the killing of her of her otter is really about, you know, it's it's about making her further isolated, mm-hmm. which is like, she, she like, this, can we stop torturing Levon, please? Can we just, I mean, part of it is like her wanting to be caught. But that, the thing that I find so interesting about the story is that it's told kind of from this high level perspective. And, you know, we don't know her, her, in her, like, like how she feels about anything, but can we trust it? Right. Was she, did she actually say, I want to get caught a year from now? Or did she just come back and he was like, yo, hey, yeah, get into this net and I'm going to take you like, like who's telling this story? Right. And and what are their motives? Because clearly, Biak has a big motive, motive in mm-hmm. my mind. Like he wants her so that he kind of looks mystical, but like also wants to save her, you know, kind of thing. So, I mean, his first thought is about his monastery, is about his mm-hmm. religion um, instead of about her. So, Which is going to like bolster fame and attention and bring people to where he has her. Mm-hmm. You're right. It's like very self-serving. Yeah. So I, th- I think... Um, we're not sure about, I mean, we can't, we can only speculate on right. each, each of their motives, but it just feels like we're not being told the truth. Like, I also question that at the end when she's, when they're like, well, what do you want to do? Do you want to die now or later? Mm-hmm. And it's like, 
I don't know that I trust that. Like, did they well, really give her that know, choice? Like, how did she die? Uh, they didn't say. Didn't say in the translation. Right. But like, did they kill her? I mean, and also that like, those exactly. are her only two options. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. It's very weird. It's very weird. And I, maybe it's weird because I'm not an overly religious person. I would say that I feel a little more spiritual than like mm-hmm. um, religious in that. But to just think that like someone's going to give up freedom and exploring just because heaven is going to be that much better. Yeah. Well, and it's interesting. Like it makes me think a lot about this book that we've we've both read, um, Cinderella is Dead, which is a is an episode that we'll be doing at some point later but, this season. We can't <laughs> exactly, wait. <laughs> but um, you know, one thing about that book is the Cinderella story is used to control the population, and I feel like this, like, like and like everything in the truth, uh, like the story that's being told, is a device to like keep people in a specific position yeah and i feel like and so things are twisted right so like cinderella it loves the prince and you know in the book there's a lot around that like she doesn't really and all this other stuff but i think that's what this is doing is like you know now it's like where's the twist like where Mm -hmm. is the wrong where's the real story and i feel like getting a choice of like dying now or later is not really a choice you're getting killed now or later right um, you know, being caught in a net. Did she really choose that? I don't know. It feels a little like they, they're lying to us a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think it's like just thinking about how the story maybe was originally told and then kind of changed as as the way that society, like as society yeah. changed, mm-hmm. you know? Um, but yeah, it's very, that that book was great. Um, but it's very interesting to think about like what we're, what we're being told in the story and yeah. that we're just supposed to take it at face value, that it's math. One plus one equals two. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Now go and be a woman because we've taught you what you're supposed to do. Exactly. Yeah. (laughs) Lapdog. On it. Yeah. Well, I don't, it's funny because when I first thought about this story, I really, I thought it was going to be about more about her freedom and you quickly mm-hmm. realize that it's not but mm-hmm. um you know we'll we'll definitely post some pictures on social media too because i've found some really beautiful ones you see this like you know really just ethereal creature kind of like floating and swimming in the sea and like i don't to me somebody who grew i grew up loving little mermaid although now i see how problematic it is and um you know i still love the water and the ocean so it just it, I thought the story was going to be different. But um, yeah, I, I think one thing that still kind of really stumps me is whose perspective is this? Can we take it as mm-hmm. the facts? And um, I think that's like a lot of stories. Yeah. But I hadn't really thought about it in that way. Mm-hmm. I mean, most of them obviously are from a male perspective. Somehow, <laughs> some way. <laughs> totally. I have a better question for you though, Mindy. What is it? If you had a sea otter friend, what would you name it? What would its name be? Oh my gosh. Well, I think there's, I think that the Instagram handle is Sven the Otter, but there is an otter who, I don't remember how the family, did he get like injured or maybe he was like without his mom, something happened. And so this family was like caring for this baby otter and they have a river behind like their home. I don't think it's like right behind, like they'll have to go hiking, um, but the super funny thing is, because when you think of a lap dog, I think of my own little dog, but also pugs mm-hmm. are really popular dogs. Mm-hmm. These people have a couple pugs 
And this otter, Sven the otter, plays with the pugs. And it now is allowed, now that it's like stronger and they've been training it and stuff, like it will go out and go into the river, but like also come back to them. They have a whole book on it. I, I'm obsessed with it in this Instagram account. So it's funny that you asked me. I'm like, I don't know. Sven the Otter is the is first name. name that, well, I don't know that I would copy the name. Um, I don't know what I would name him. I think I have a good name. What is it? Bubba. Oh, Bubba the Otter. What do you think? Is that adorable? Like, oh, and he's so little and cute. Bubba. I just, like, I love how like the mama otters will like float along and their little baby otter can like be on their stomach and just the way that they like teach them and interact. And um, I always love going to see the otters at uh, Shedd Aquarium mm-hmm. when, you know, pre, pre-pandemic. Before times. Um, yeah. <laughs> Before this crazy world. But... Yeah. Um, oh, one last thing. Yes. I was really curious too. Did you find anything about the plane of the gray corpse? Like why it was called that? Do we know? You know, I the, think it's still called that today. The Great Lake of the Corpse yeah. is, you know, that's, that's what, what was is. formed out of the horse that turned into a spring. Well, the horse, <laughs> that, didn't, I think that like where it was standing, it popped up. Oh, I thought they were supposed to think that the horse turned into a spring. No, it just like, I don't Where know. Where it stopped, it's, yeah, then it one stopped sprung. And then, like, do you think it just peed in that spot and then boom, it became a spring? <laughs> I don't know, I don't yeah. Know. I guess I, I was somehow thinking it like magically morphed, but you're probably But then right. I was like, I was worried because then I was like, well, where, where are they going to stop it now? They're just mm-hmm. going to like let it go and like. Well, and yeah, I mean, I don't understand either how just by having a house around it, it was protected. But as soon as the door was unlocked, then the evil could come in. But I mean, that's a life lesson for you, though, huh? I guess. Lock, <laughs> lock your, your evil door. away. Yes, lock your doors. <laughs> and then Keep the evil. Keep your spring. Yeah. yeah. But the plane of the gray corpse. I was just yeah, curious just if that really is a play. I think Loch Necka, the great lake of the corpse, also, um, I, I wonder what happened there. Yeah, I think it is a real place from what I could tell, but... Maybe not. So any of our listeners, if you have any information or can direct us, um, we had tried to look it up, but the Plane of the Gray Corpse or um, Loch Necka, we're just curious if that actually exists. So um, I think maybe we'll kind of leave that there. That's like our homework (laughs) for the episode. Mm -hmm. Um, But yeah, I I think this story was great. I hope people had fun with it. I hope that um, everyone is doing well and still healthy and safe. But um, yeah, super excited about this story and the connection to Oceana. Um, Thank you for being here with me, Rachel, and thank you to our listeners. Yeah, I'm excited to uh, to name my sea otter Bubba. So yes. I'll talk to you later. Love it. All Sounds right. good. Bye. I'm gonna go find an otter. <laughs> Bye. Bye. Thanks for listening. We'll be back next week with another episode. But you can always find us on Instagram at Femlore Podcast or visit us online at femlore.com. We love what we do, but we can't do it without you. Your listens, shares, and reviews keep us going. So please tell your friends about us. Femlore is produced by Mindy Scott, Rachel Marr, Aaron Crossland, and Lauren Crossland Marr. Audio engineering and music by Aaron Crossland. Research and coordination by Lauren Crossland Marr. And as always, canine support provided by Andy and Cody. Ow!